Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, guys, we're back to talking fishing this week. We have some reports for you here in South Louisiana that we think will help you guys. If you're looking to make a trip this week or heading into this weekend with the beautiful weather and the forecast setting up to be a great weekend coming up, we'll tell you where we went, made a successful trip, as well as some other reports from around the state here in Louisiana. So we'll hope you'll tune in and join us for this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Let's go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, I would like to welcome each and every one of you to this week's show. We have a lot of good information to share with you guys, and we're going to jump back into fishing season, guys, as we get cranked up on this week's show. Um, I do have to say, first and foremost, that we did not have a podcast episode last week. Um, so I do apologize to our regular listeners. Um, we try to do a show once a week, as many of you know who tune into us on a regular basis. But sometimes life just gets in the way, guys. You could probably relate to what I'm talking about, and it has been absolutely a madhouse here. Uh, personally, from a work standpoint, um, as well as a, as a family standpoint, with the kids kind of getting back into sports and all that type of stuff. So it sometimes makes it hard in the, you know, in the heat of the uh, springtime and summer to be able to do it on a weekly basis. But we try our damnedest uh, because we enjoy talking to each and every one of you, talking outdoors. It's what we love to do. It's what you love to do, which is why many of you tune into the show. And we want to keep that going as often as possible. So just wanted to tell you guys I missed y'all. I do appreciate you tuning in. If you've maybe stumbled upon us for the first time because you're an outdoor enthusiast just like we are and you saw, hey, Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast, man, I'd love to hear what these guys down in Louisiana are talking about, then welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Um, we share the same passion that you do for the outdoors, which is why we do this. And uh, we enjoy meeting all our new friends and new listeners. So thank you for joining us on this week's show. We hope you'll stay with us throughout the remainder of the show. And uh, and hopefully we can get to know each other a little bit better. Um, but yeah, guys, just like I mentioned, a lot going on. I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat as I am lately. You know, you know when I think about it, coming out of hunt season, as outdoorsmen, we are just so gung-ho throughout hunting season. You know, we save a lot of time. Usually as outdoorsmen for our, from our work schedules, our time off is, is based around hunting season. And you focus a lot of time and energy throughout hunting season, especially public land hunters like we are. You know, you guys that public land hunt know exactly what I'm talking about and you can relate. We're waking up at 2 o'clock, you know, 1.30. Some guys, you probably aren't even going to bed. You're sleeping in your trucks, um, you know, at the landings and at the launches. You're trying to get that duck spot or that hunting spot, whether it's a deer hunting spot, whatever it may be. But I have to say, waterfowl hunters, us as waterfowl hunters, we are usually some of the earliest guys up during hunting season. You know, we're, we're those guys that are getting up at 2 o'clock, like I mentioned. You're trying to get to the launch. You're trying to get in line and get a good spot. And it, it, could, it could be grueling and grinding. We've talked about that before. Um, you know, so you know what I'm talking about when I say this. Um, at the end of the season, there seems to be 
a time where you just need to kind of unwind after hunting season. And I know a lot of people that aren't hunters, they look at me and when I say that and they say, well, man, isn't hunting supposed to be relaxing? Isn't it supposed to be fun, kind of a getaway? And yeah, it is. It is. That's why a lot of us do it. You know, it is part of our pastime and our passion to kind of relax and kind of chill, you know, but it is a lot of work also. So, you know, when you're getting up at two in the morning every day or, you know, a couple of times a week, you're also working full time in the off season and you're trying to, you know, balance a normal life at home and work and then also the early hours of hunting. It's grueling. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. So, you know, for me, and, and it seems like it gets a little bit worse every year as I get a little bit older, a year later, it's a little bit more and so on down the line. But I need kind of a couple of weeks after the season ends just to kind of unwind. And, you know, it doesn't just end when the season ends. You know, some, like my wife, she just kind of assumes, you know, I, I, we always joke about it every year. She's like, oh, okay, well, it's over now. You know, you should be able to rest and kind of catch up, uh, you know, but it doesn't happen immediately. You know, it seems like there's just a window that, you know, even though the season ends, there's still you know, stuff to be done to kind of tidy up from the season, whether it's fixing, you know, equipment that we broke throughout the year, uh, maybe patching up decoys, cleaning out the boat, um, you know, changing the oil in our mud motors, doing whatever we have to do um, to get it ready for the next year or to use, you know, maybe our boat throughout the summertime. Those of you who fish out of your boat, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it takes it takes a little while after the season ends to kind of knock that stuff out before you could truly relax, you know? So I find myself in that situation every year. I'm sure a lot of you guys feel the same way, um, you know? And then you could kind of start getting into a normal routine again, you know, with the family life as well as work schedule. And then also whatever activities you're gonna do throughout the spring and summer. You know, the great thing about being outdoorsman and, you know, this show, we talk about it all the time, is that once hunting season ends, um, you know, hell, as outdoorsmen, most of us keep going because you're going to do something. You're not going to sit mobile or sit stationary, I'm sorry, for a long period of time. You know, most of us who hunt in the springtime and in the summertime, we also fish. So once hunting season ends, we kind of getting into the boats, climbing into the bass boats, opening up the tackle compartments. And we started to go through, hey, I'll check my crankbait inventory, check my soft plastic, how many packs of speed crawls do I need to, to bulk up for the season, you know, and get ready. And uh, and you, you guys know, you know what I'm talking about. You could relate to that. Uh, I'm the same way. I do it. Uh, I go, my wife says, you know, you go straight from hunting season into fishing. And yes, I do. I have to admit, you know, being in the marine industry, I'm, it's my go time at this time of year for work. So I don't get a lot of time to, to sit at home like I used to when I had a job that was, you know, off two days a week, um, kind of, a, you know, a normal, you know, Monday through Friday type deal uh, to where I had the weekend. Right now, this time of year, those of you who know me, I'm in the marine industry. Um, so I'm busy selling you guys boats and selling you guys ATVs and UTVs to be able to go out there and enjoy your spare time which means that I'm working, you know, six days a week right now for the most part. But I don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining because I am not. I promise you, I love my job. I love what I do. And I love making all you guys happy doing what you do in the outdoors. And, 
you know, that old saying goes that if you enjoy your work, you'll never enjoy, you'll, or I'm sorry, you'll never work a day in your life if you enjoy what you're doing. And I honestly believe in that. I feel that's my situation. And some of you out there probably who are listening feel the same way about what you guys do. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the case for everybody. You know, a lot of people, Monday through Friday, they are dreading going to work. So they are really looking forward to what they can do in the outdoors when the weekend comes. Um, especially us hunters, fishermen, and true outdoorsmen, you know. So I'm the, I'm the same way. So when I have that day off, which is typically a Sunday, I am have to make sure my stuff is in order. It's organized, ready to go. So I can take the boys out fishing. I can take my wife out fishing if she wants to go. And a lot of you may be in that same situation as well. So you know where I'm coming from when I say that. But uh, but yeah, we, we don't really have a lot of downtime, guys. We move, you know, from hunting season into fishing, into, you know, doing whatever you're doing, maybe frogging, you know, that type of stuff. Um, whatever it is in outdoors and it's, it's off we go until hunting season hits again and we back at it. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, but it's a cycle that we live for. It's something that we love to do. And you guys are in the same boat that I'm in when it comes down to that. So, well, what we're going to do guys is on this episode, I want to share some information. We were able to take a trip out yesterday. So you guys know me, you know me personally, you listen to the show, you feel like you know me personally. I'm going to give you guys some accurate information on a trip that we took with the boys yesterday here in South Louisiana. Going to tell you where we went, going to tell you what we caught them on, tell you what we caught. Um, Obviously, we did catch, so that's a spoiler that I gave you guys. But we're going to talk about it all next on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast. Man, I was just during the break reading an article. I was <laughs> I was laughing because they got these two guys I'm reading on social media. They they were talking over an article about uh, pan fishing and what's the best as far as you know spinning reel versus spin cast versus push button, uh, you know, or which is a spin cast. I'm sorry, and uh, underspin is what I meant. And I was laughing because I've never been a spinning reel type of guy, the you know, the upside down, open up the bell type deal. And I don't know what you guys prefer, but I absolutely hate spinning reels. When it comes to bass fishing, I was, I've tried it when I was tournament fishing. You know, I'd go to some of the bigger reservoirs like Toledo Bend, Sam Rayburn, um, you know, been to some big areas, Ross Barnett, you know, where you could do some offshore fishing. Uh, some what I call ding ding fishing, and uh, and you know guys like you know Brent Erler and a lot of these guys are offshore. I've seen you know through the years Mike Iconelli. Uh, that's just a couple of guys that come to mind, or some of the greatest offshore fishermen fishing with spinning reels. But I've never been able to truly adjust to a spinning reel. I've always hated it. Uh, you know I've heard guys tell me, oh you can't backlash a spinning reel. Well, I can tell you bullshit. You never fished with me. Um, I could backlash a spinning reel, no problem. So until you fish with me with one, I challenge somebody to say that you can't backlash them. So, um, but yeah, I just don't like them. You know, just don't like them. So when it comes to pan fishing, I was never a guy who you know went with the small under you know spinning reels and stuff like that. I was always an underspin guy with the trigger. Or a spin cast guy, those Zebco 33. So, 
it's hard to beat that. But you know what's crazy, guys, is speaking of, of, of all that, if you've been to your, your tackle stores lately, it's the amount of reels, even in the not only the baitcaster and, you know, your uh, spinning reel categories, but have you guys seen the amount of, you know, spin casts that are out there on the market now? It's in, it's insane. Uh, you know, I went to I went to my local sporting goods store the other day, which we have several of the big ones around us here in South Louisiana. We have, you know, Academy, we have Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's. We have a, a little bit of everything down here. And uh, and I was looking at the prices of the spin cast reels, uh, basically, or what you guys would call your push buttons and stuff like that. And now they are making spin cast reels like the Zebco Bullet, I think it was. That's a hundred bucks, man. I mean, a hundred dollars for a push button reel. Who would have thought? You know, whenever I was a kid, if you had a Zebco Thirty Three, that was a top of the line type deal. You know, most of us had the money, you know, when we would scratch up a little bit of change, a little bit of money, we'd go to Walmart and we'd buy some good old Zepco 202. You could buy a Zepco 202 when I was a kid for about five bucks, $4.99, five bucks. You know, and, you know, my dad's generation, they could get them for, hell, $2, maybe, a you know, a dollar something. They were just inexpensive. You use them until they break and then you throw them away. But, you know, now it's getting more and more, just like everything else in the industry, in the hunting and fishing industry, it's getting more expensive to play. Um, you know, there are some companies out there that are, you know, really focusing heavily on trying to make affordable products so that everybody could kind of afford it. Every budget could afford it. But, you know, not all the companies are, are participating in that in that point side of the business or point, uh, you know, point of sale with their business. So it could be mind blowing when you go to the store and you see a hundred dollar push button or a spend cash reel. Uh, like I've been seeing lately. And, you know, I have to tell you guys, I worked in, you know, before I was in the marine industry, I was actually in the, uh, you know, sporting goods industry working for Cabela's. I was a fishing manager with them uh, for years. I worked for a local sporting goods store here throughout college, and I was a manager with them for a while. So I've seen, I've been around it, and it's still kind of mind-blowing, uh, you know, to see the prices and how everything's going up so much, especially on the fishing side. Uh, because hell, you know, you guys remember, especially if you're from here in Louisiana, we used to be able to go to the tackle store. You could buy a, a whole cart of humdinger spinner baits for, you know, 12 bucks. I think there was 12 spinner baits or maybe it might've been a little less than that. They were a dollar something a piece, I think. But hell, even now you go to the store, you buy a humdinger spinner bait, you're paying $4, you know? So it's, it's just mind boggling to see how much the prices have went up over the years. But we buy into it. You know, we do. We buy into it. You look at all these commercials that they run now, that they market to us. You get your, your magazines. You still get your Bassmaster magazines, you, you know, all that type of stuff, social media. All these companies are marketing this high-dollar equipment to us as fishermen and hunters on the hunting side. Um, so it's really, it can be, it can be tough to, to kind of navigate through all of it because there's just so much out there. Uh, but you know, we buy into it. We all love to do it. Um, you know, I know coming out of hunting season, I talked about that earlier. I'm in my boat, <laughs> you know, getting ready for fishing season. And like I told you guys, I have to be super organized having only one day off, uh, you know, a, a week at this time of year. So I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'm pretty organized already. 
and I have to be even more organized and prepared. When I do get my day off, I want to be ready to go. I don't want to be tying on tackle. I don't want to do all that stuff. <clears throat> so I want to know where my stuff's at in my boat. So when hunting season comes out, I'm, I'm in my boat. Probably like many of you are, I'm going through my compartments. How many crankbaits do I have? How many do I need to buy? How many packs of, you know, soft plastics? How many speed crawls do I have? Okay, I have two packs of Sapphire Blue. I need to pick up four more, you know? So we, we tend to do that as outdoorsmen. You guys can relate to that. And uh, and I'm no different than you are. I promise you, I'm doing the same thing. So, uh, you know, if you a lot more organized that way, it's going to make your days on the water a lot more enjoyable. And let's be honest, we talked about it. We don't usually have a whole lot of vacation as outdoorsmen that we want to use. At this time of year, especially us hunters that are saving up that time for deer season, waterfowl season. Um, so you want to make the most of it. You want to make your days on the water as successful as possible. So you need to be organized and know what you got in your boat. And I'm no different. I do the same thing. So, um, but yeah, I was just shocked. I have to admit, I was laughing at these two guys talking about this article about which one's the best and, and you know, push button versus the the spinning reel and i'm a i'm a i'm a push button guy you know I, we a big sackle fishing family or white perch fishing crappie fishing family me and my boys and, and amy um i don't do a lot of competitive bass fishing anymore don't fish tournaments a whole lot anymore so we really kind of got back to the basics over the last two years uh went back to you know pan fishing and doing a lot of that because we really got a uh, a lot of areas here in Louisiana that we have some really good pan fishing opportunities, just like we do bass, but you know, really have, you could pretty much go most places and catch pan fish or, or kind of get on them, figure them out and, and you'll have a successful day. Um, so I've been doing that lately. Um, we took a trip out, like I promised you guys, we would talk about, we took a trip out yesterday and here's kind of where we're going to get into the reporting side of it. Um, uh, of the show guys as you know and those of you who follow us on a regular basis you know i get I like to give you guys accurate reports um, i like to give you guys reports that are fairly up to date i don't want to try to give you information that's a week or two weeks old or even a month old i've always thought that the publications that we read print publications you know such as yeah local magazines and stuff like that that report outdoors reports were always just uh, you know an outdated way to do it so when social media came along that changed the game completely because people could communicate on the go on the fly as it was happening you could get accurate information that was up to date that's what i like to do that's the information i like to receive whenever i'm looking for information if i don't have time to go out and scout it myself i try to look for something that's more current um, that i could get maybe a report from um, and that's the part of why we do the podcast is to give you guys information that's accurate and up to date so with that being said we did take a trip out yesterday um, we got amy and the boys uh, the weather forecast was looking pretty solid except for the wind, I have to admit. But when you can only go one day a week like I can, that you got to go when you could go. And a lot of you who are working right now, you know, long hours, you're probably in the same boat I am. So we took a trip down to Lake Verrett. If you listened to us the last uh, couple of episodes that we talked about, we had went to the Bayou Corn area. We had had a, uh, you know, a successful trip. And then I don't know if I had shared with you guys, we took another trip a few weeks later, right when the ice storm hit and uh, didn't do well at all. I think we ended up catching two fish that day. 
it just it was you know right after the ice storm hit water temperature had dropped about 20 degrees and uh and just wasn't good just wasn't good enough said with that but uh you know this weekend and last weekend was completely different if you look at last weekend um you know we had a full moon here um you know which was always a good thing we're in the time where the spawn is starting um it's we're kind of in that full swing pre-spawn into the spawn time um so you get a full moon and a lot of these fish are going to move up we had warm weather last week which was also another good combination with the full moon it was just a perfect storm to come together for the fish to be caught and the fish were caught here in louisiana last week you look at the reports guys from the bass tournaments that they had big stringers were caught last week a lot of pictures on social media were posted of families going out there and catching ice chests full of sacole uh bass were being caught you name it they were catching it last week so usually you know when you have a full moon like that the week after it can be kind of tough another thing that's against you at this time of year is we start getting into you know march you start getting those big winds that are picking up here in the south so you know if you're in the south whether you're louisiana texas mississippi alabama you know what we're talking about you start getting these big winds with the change in the season um you know daylight savings time is coming up this weekend a lot is happening and those fish is clocks are just kind of changing they're they're adjusting they're adapting it's setting them off on the spawn you know so a lot has been going on but typically you see the week after a full moon it kind of slacks off for a while the bite kind of dies down quite a bit it's not quite as hot as it had been the week or weeks leading up to uh to the full moon and things start to change so yesterday we go down to uh lake verette which we moved a little further a little further down towards uh, Pierport, Louisiana, towards the Chafalaya Basin, uh, and, you know, your Bell River area, all that area. Went down to Pierport, and uh, we put the boat in yesterday morning. Kind of got there a little later. Um, you know, the temperatures were, we had a front come through over the weekend, kind of dropped the temperatures down. Um, Amy doesn't necessarily like to get out there early in the morning when it's cold like that. And, uh, and getting a bass boat and run 60 miles an hour down the, uh, down the river, so... Uh, we left, we got there probably about 10 o'clock, I guess, maybe not quite 10 o'clock. It might've been a little earlier than 10. Uh, but we got there, put in the boat and we, uh, we headed out. We started going, look around, um, uh, water clarity compared to the last time we had been in that area was, uh, quite a bit better yesterday. We had some good stained water. And those of you who are not from Louisiana, when we talk about stained water, a lot of you guys out of state would probably consider what we call stained water, muddy water. Uh, but for us here down in Louisiana, stained water or what you call muddy water is actually just the right type of water we're looking for, especially when it comes to tidal, you know, areas such as the Chafalaya Basin, you know, any place below I-10 that's tidal influenced. Um, a lot of times you're looking for that good stained water that's got you know a little bit of visibility to it, but you don't want to see eight foot down below it. And you don't want it so muddy that you can't see your bait a foot or two below the water column. So we were experiencing some pretty good water yesterday. Um, you know, the temperature has come up quite a bit as far as water temperature from where we were a couple of weeks back when the ice storm hit. Uh, we were sitting yesterday right in the, you know, in the low 60s, high 50s. Uh, for the water temperature, which was, you know, just about right to where that spawn is, is needs to be for the water temperature needs to be for the spawn. Um, usually 
if I'm bass fishing, once it hits that 60 degree and above, especially 62, I'll even start throwing one of my favorite baits, which is a topwater frog. I'm a huge frog fisherman when it comes to bass fishing. So I like throwing a frog once that temperature starts hitting those ranges. Um, and, you know, it just seems to get, seem like the fish are a little bit more active and they get ready to, to get a little bit more action, you know, coming out of that cold water. water. Excuse me, guys. I had to take a sip of, of water, but uh, but yeah. So we we go down. The water clarity is looking really good. Yesterday, we uh, we hit a couple of dead end canals because the fish are moving into those dead end canals or have moved into the dead end canals off of the big tributaries right now uh, for the spawn. We get in there. We pick up just a couple of bites early on. We had maybe two bites, um, you know, and, and nothing nothing too crazy. But uh, we, as we headed down later in the day, we kind of started picking up one or two here and there. Um, some nice sacule looked like they were full of eggs. They were spawning, obviously. Uh, but those big black crappie, beautiful, beautiful sacule. Uh, started picking up a couple more and more as the day went on, heated up. And what it was was that water temperature was rising up a little bit. And then right around noontime, we, uh, I decided to make a run. I had got a, a little bit of information from an in-law of mine. He had said, hey, check out, you know, this certain dead end, um, you know, off of off of Lake Verrett, he said. And uh, in the past, I've done good there, he said. But, you know, not guaranteeing anything, but go check it out. See, see if there's anything in there that maybe how the water looks and see if you can maybe get a couple of bites. So that's what we did. We headed, uh, we took one of the, uh, the main bayous off of Lake Verrett which is uh, on the north end of the Lake Verrett, if you're coming out of Pierport, Pierport Louisiana, um, Cross Bayou or Bayou, uh, is it Cross Bayou? Yeah, yeah, Cross Bayou in that area. Um, took took that area and we went down off of there, started hitting dead-end canals and, uh, and started, you know, picking up a couple, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Well, we pulled into this short dead-end canal um on the north end of lake verrett and man the first cast i hit a cypress tree with my stopper fishing about a foot and a half deep um trying different colored jigs throughout the day we tried our benoit performance baits a couple of the rosocane colors uh, which we had caught them on a few weeks back really well on that um, we're trying that didn't have much success yesterday on that color just went to an old black and chartreuse you know black and chartreuse triple tail a foot and a half under a cork I make a cast in this first or in this dead end cut that we pull into on a cypress tree and bam, the, the, the stopper jumps and just goes under, set the hook. And I'm talking about a pound and a half sackle, a big, nice, big, hefty sackle for the first cast. So I said, okay, go down, you know, a little bit more, hit another cypress tree. And this particular canal we were in might've had a total as far as what I could see when we pulled into it of about maybe 20 to 30 cypress trees. So I pull up on the next cypress tree after catching that first one and I cast and pop it a few times and boom, that stopper jumps again and set the hook, another big sackle. So I said, okay. I said, uh, looks like, you know, kind of putting a pattern together, cypress tree, cypress tree. So cast a few more times in on that cypress tree. Don't get a bite. Kind of drift down, hit the trolling motor. We go down. Next cypress tree we come up to, uh, one of the boys cast in. Pops it, I cast in, pop it, boom, stoppers jump, boat set the hook, pull in two. I said, okay, I said, we figured them out, I think. It looks like these fish are on cypress trees. Um, now, there was a couple of Tupelo gum trees that were mixed in. 
We'd get up to those Tupelo gum trees, cast on them, wouldn't get a bite. You'd hit a cypress tree, pop it, bite. So obviously the pattern was cypress trees. As we went through the canal, we uh, we made a pass through. We, we picked up just about one or two sacrilei on every tree. And I said, hey, I said, y'all want to go back up? We'll go back up, make another pass, just see if we can get maybe a couple of more. We, we turn around, we go back up, repeat the process, go in the other way, uh, hit the same cypress trees, and just about every one of them we pull in sacrilei off. So as we get in later, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, we're noticing that the bite is picking up more and more and more. We're catching multiple fish off of tree, uh, off of each cypress tree. And by that time, we had all shifted to a black and chartreuse triple ripple grub tail uh, with a curl on it. Um, and we were also tipping it with the little crappie niblets. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, the little crappie niblets that you buy at the store, they come in a little jar. It's like a little, little dough or a little bit of a fish bait attractant that we tip those, those jigs with. And that seemed to make the difference, I have to admit. Uh, because my wife was not using the the uh, crappie niblets on hers and we were catching multiple fish when she couldn't get a bite so i told her i said hey i said look i think you need to tip tip your jig with this um i know it takes a little bit more time you know but hey tip it i think it's going to help sure enough she took some i gave her a jar she started tipping them and boom she started catching them too so now you know we have me and jackson up in the front of the boat we have hudson and her in the back of the boat and hudson He's more worried about eating all the food in the boat. He's not, you know, he's he, he's six years old. He's not he's not into it as much as we are trying to put an ice chest together a fish. So he's in there not really fishing a whole lot. So we're really counting on me and Jackson, you know, and, and Amy to catch the fish. And then she's catering to, to Hudson. So it's really me and Jackson at the end of the day when you look at it trying to put a box of fish together. Well, that's exactly what we did. So we all contributed, but by the end of the afternoon, we pulled out of that canal at about three o'clock. Um, we left them biting. I have to admit, you know, the kids were getting tired. They had, we had to get home. It was a school night being Sunday and, uh, and we had a box full of fish to clean. So didn't know exactly how many I had. I knew we were well within our legal limits of what we should have, but I didn't know exactly how many we had. Uh, we had used the live well on the boat, didn't use a fish clicker or an ice chest that day. And uh, we went ahead, we put it on the trailer, and we headed home. Uh, so when we got home, me and Jackson started loading them. And as we unload them out of the live well, we put them in an ice chest. We started counting. And uh, and it turned out, guys, that we ended up having 50 right on the dot. We had 50 sacrilege, uh on the, on the head that we caught um, that we filled up an ice chest with. We also brought home three bass and a couple of big chicken pin that ended up biting our tube jigs uh, throughout the day. So we put a nice mess of fish together. Um, but like I said, they were on cypress trees. Uh, the canals that we were fishing, uh, specifically this one canal where we caught most of the fish at, the whole canal wasn't average, was only averaging about you know three foot to four foot deep. So it wasn't real, it wasn't real uh, deep. That canal, there wasn't a whole lot of drop off in the middle of the canal. It was really a, a perfect setup for those fish to move in off of the main lake, off of Lake Verrett, and into these dead end cuts. So we weren't very far off of the lake where we were. So, you know, if I would have to tell you guys, you're going this week, <clears throat> you got time off, you're looking to make a trip, you're going to the Lake Verrett area, focus on those cypress trees. Um, I can tell you that they are spawning. Um, that was something that a couple of friends of mine we were talking about during the week before the weekend we were saying hey you know what do you think do you think the spawn is you know in full swing do you think it's near the end what, what do you guys think 
And a couple of my buddies said, hey, with that warm weather we had the weekend before, a full moon, they thought the spawn was done for the most part with the soccer lake. Um, but I can tell you that these that we caught yesterday, guys, were full of eggs. They were they were they were spawning fish. They they looked like they were real fresh fish. To be honest with you, moving in, um, they were weren't beat up a whole lot. They were real pretty, real black white black backs, white bellies, um, just beautiful beautiful fish. We posted a picture of, of our catch uh, up on our social media page. So go check it out, guys. Um, you'll see what we caught. Um, we had an ice chest full yesterday that we, we put together. 50 good soccer a couple of bass, a couple of brim, like I mentioned. Um, but yeah, we have pictures up on our Facebook page, also our Instagram page. Uh, Jackson posed with some of the ones he caught, and uh, we posted those pictures up on social media. So we invite you to go check it out, give it a look. But if you guys are planning on making a trip this week, you're in South Louisiana, you're planning on fishing in the Lake Verrett area, Focus on those cypress trees, you know, especially those dead end cuts. The fish are in the dead end cuts right now, um, and they're up on cypress trees. Now, what I found yesterday was that early in the morning, they might have been off the bank some. They might have not been tight to those trees. But as that sun came up and that water temperature started to rise slowly, they started pulling up on the cypress trees, and they were getting tight on them. So we were able to pick them off fairly easy once we found them. Um, you guys... Like I said, <clears throat> a foot and a half under a cork, you know, and some days you may have to adjust that. You know, a few weeks ago, my, you know, my father-in-law, he's one of the best soccer fishermen I know personally. Um, he, he was having a, a field day catching a man, you know, in the Bay Alcide area um, off of Lake Verrett in that same area. And he had two or three boats around him that couldn't get a bite. And the guys were kind of watching them pull them in one after another and never really paying attention to what they were doing. But what they were doing was it wasn't what they were throwing. It's how deep they were throwing. They were actually catching them four to five foot under a cork to where everybody else was at that foot, foot and a half trying to go shallow and catch them. And those fish had actually pulled off the bank a little bit after that ice storm and they were they were on the drop off. So sometimes, you know, it's funny, all my years fishing South Louisiana, sometimes it's just like that. Um, sometimes you got to pull off of that bank. It's not always pound the bank, pound the bank, pound the bank, uh, shallow water. Um, especially the Sokolay spillway, the same way, guys. A lot of times in the spillway, when you see us with pictures with ice chests full of Sokolay, and we're in a canal, we'll see guys pull in with us. They'll pull into a canal, we catching a couple, and they'll beat the bank, beat the bank, beat the bank shallow, and then don't get a bite, and they they frustrated and they're getting out of there, and they leave, and then we'll stay in there because those fish are biting, you know, four foot deep, five foot deep sometimes under a cork, but they 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 are deeper, you know. We're just doing something a little bit different, and that's all part of what I learned from him as a soccer fisherman. I have to admit, um, you know, he's he's from Lutcher. A lot of them boys down in Gramercy, Lutcher. I have to give them props. They good fishermen in that area. Which, you know, us here in Louisiana, we have good fishermen all across the state. But these guys down in the Lutcher Gramercy area, that especially the older generation guys, I have to say that. Um, they big soccer fishermen, you know, and, and they shallow water soccer fishermen being from South Louisiana, which means a lot of cork fishing, you know. Um, but they good at it. They are fucking just good at it. You know, they, they catch numbers. But there's not a day... Harley that my father-in-law goes and he don't put an ice chest full of soccer together when they go fishing, man. He's one of the best that I know. 
you know, which is completely different from those of you in North Louisiana. Those of you in North Louisiana, it's different, man. We, uh, you know, when we had our camp at Saline Larto, going shallow was very rare. You know, in the deeper water, Darbone, you know, all those places that we fish up north, Toledo Bend, um, you know, you may go shallow into a cork during the spawn, you know, but besides that, you guys are spider rigging. You know, when we had our camp at Saline Larto, we were spider rigging most of the time. We might've been in 13 foot of water, 15 foot of water, had a couple of rods out on the front of the deck of the boat and we were fishing deep, you know, we were tight lining, we were throwing jigs out there, you know, double rigs, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, you come down South and it's completely different. Spider rigging don't exist down here because of the shallow water we got. So, um, it's, it's funny how that, that interstate line just divides us on how different we are from everything from hunting to fishing, uh, even though we're all in the same state and we all kind of doing the same thing and fishing and hunting for the same species, it's completely different how we do it sometimes, you know, and sometimes it's not so different, but for the most part, it is definitely different in the way we approach it and we fish them. So, uh, but yeah, we had a blast. I have to admit, man, it was, it was freaking awesome to make a good trip yesterday like that, especially when you're doing it, you know, you have one day off a week, like I mentioned, like I have right now. It makes it all that much sweeter when you can put a big box of fish together. I had a bunch of my boys today. A bunch of my guys were hitting me up today. They wanted to know where we were, where we're going. And you know what I told them, huh? I told them, I said, tune into the podcast. I'll tell you where we went and how we did it. So I give you guys the same information I share with a lot of my friends. And we get, you know, believe it or not, we get a lot of the hate, a lot of the hate and the negative comments sometimes, or not a lot. Let me not say a lot, but we do get some 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 smart ass comments you know it's just part of being on social media part of doing a podcast you're gonna get that stuff sometimes it can be 99.9 percent positive and, and everybody getting along but you're always gonna have that one wise ass who wants to make a comment or say something and you know what i find crazy and i think i mentioned this on a previous episode but what 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 blows my mind is that we actually have guys that are like, man, I can't believe you give up that information on where you catch them at, you know, and I can't believe you telling people where you caught them at. You must be lying. You must be full of shit, you know, and this and that. And what's crazy is I could be 100% honest with you on what we caught them on, where we went, you know, what we did to catch them, uh, what to look for. And those guys like that, that are, are the, the haters, like I call them, and many of you call them. That, you know, it wouldn't matter if we do tell them the truth because they're still not going to believe you and they're still going to go do it their way and not catch any fish and not be successful. It, it's the same when it comes to hunting season. You know, you, you know it. Um, you got hunters like that that'll do that. You know, um, they want to stir up shit on social media. They want to tell everybody that they're full of shit. They want to make fun of them. And, uh, and, and they're going to do it the same way they've always done it and, and bitch and moan when they're not successful. Well, you see it happen on the fishing side too, but. I can tell you guys, whenever we give you a report and I, I'm talking with you like we are now, uh, I'm telling you 100% of what, what's the truth and what we've done. And I don't mind sharing it with you because I want you guys to go out there. I want y'all to be successful and have some fun with your families. Or if you don't even have a family, I want you to go out and have a good day on the water. So I'm going to tell you where we did it. I'm going to tell you what we did when we have a successful trip. And believe me, it is not always successful for us either. So a lot of times we're just like you. We have bad days. Like I mentioned, we had a trip recently. We took after the ice storm. We sucked. It didn't didn't go well. We didn't catch uh, you know hardly any fish. 
And, uh, and that's just not something that I'm going to sit there and waste you guys time with and report on, you know? So hopefully you thank me for that. Uh, I don't want to bore you guys to death. I want to keep it interesting. When we are successful, we're going to share it with you guys. So that's the deal this week, guys. But uh, I did want to hop on. Like I said, I wanted to uh, I hop on to this new episode this week. I wanted to tell you about where we went, tell you about what we caught them on. And, uh, and there's a lot of good reports that are coming out from all across the state right now. Um, so we'll talk about that. I'll share a couple of other places with you guys that we've had some, uh, some reports from this week. Um, as we continue in the final segment of this week's show of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Y'all stay tuned. All right, guys. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Got a question for y'all guys. Have y'all checked out my boy Blake Benoit over at Benoit Performance Baits yet? You've heard us talk about him on the show. I know you guys have heard us talk about him recently. When hunting season ended, we made a couple of successful trips out fishing, and we were using Benoit Performance Baits, guys. If you haven't checked them out, go check them out online. Let them know the guys from Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors sent you to them. My boy Blake Benoit from Thibodeau, Louisiana. He's out there grinding every night on social media, Facebook Live. He's building, he's pouring, he's you know building jig heads. He's pouring soft plastics, whether you're a bass fisherman, a crappie fisherman, soccer it don't matter, guys. He has some phenomenal soft plastics out there that are hand poured by him at his location in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, he can come up with just about any color that you guys need. If you're looking for colors that are hard to find that you can't find anymore, give Blake a call. Shoot him a message on social media. He could get that stuff done for you. He could get you that old worm in a certain color that you can't find no more in the stores. Uh, Blake could reproduce it for you more than likely, and he'll make sure you are 100% satisfied, guys. Grass shrimp, those of you who are pan fishing, he has a grass shrimp that is phenomenal. The one that we were catching them on a few weeks ago was a straight tail minnow in the Rozo color, the Rozo cane color. Guys, I ain't never seen a color like that in the stores, I can tell you. And the soccer were absolutely sucking them up. They were loving them. So check them out. Benoit Performance Baits, like I mentioned, let them know you heard about them here on the show on the Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast. Such a good guy, local small business owner. Blake is a phenomenal dude. He's a hoot to talk to. You guys are going to absolutely love him. Also, another company that we also talk about that supports us here on the show, guys, we're talking fishing this episode. So my boy Chris Thornton over at Cajun Tackle House down in Morgan City, Louisiana. Yeah, those of you who are in South Louisiana, Duarno's Landing, a lot of you guys are tournament fishing out of Duarno's on, on a regular basis this time of year. Look up Cajun Tackle House in Morgan City, right there next to Duarons, right off of uh, Lake Verrett in that area. I promise you, if you have any last-minute baits you need to pick up, my boy Chris Thornton over at Cajun Tackle House probably has it. He has a storefront location located just around the corner from Duarons Landing. Um, and guys, all that hard-to-find stuff that you might have to pick up on Tackle Warehouse if you forget something, Chris probably has it at his store in Morgan City. So look him up, Chris Thornton, Cajun Tackle House in Morgan City, Louisiana. Chris will definitely get you taken care of. If you're looking for handcrafted spinnerbaits, jigs, um, you know, bladed jigs, your chatterbait style, or uh, custom rod, Chris does it all. He can handle it. You want a Cajun Tackle House 
Yeti Cooler. Chris could get you a Cajun Tackle House Yeti Cooler, guys. Phenomenal guy. Another great small business based here in Louisiana. Chris over at Cajun Tackle House. Look him up and let him know we sent you from Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors, guys. But yeah, we were talking, guys, as we're closing out, a lot of good fishing has been going on. I hope you guys are going to have the opportunity to get out there this weekend. You're going to be able to do some fishing. Um, I could tell you that the reports from across the state are good just about everywhere. I had a good, good report come in today, just today before we got on and did the show. Uh, one of our good friends, he, he went over to Lake Morton, those of you in the Lafayette area. Um, a lot of guys are hitting up Henderson this time of year. Henderson and Lake Martin right now, guys, has been really solid. Um, I know this specific report I was given on Lake Martin. Uh, my buddy made a trip out last weekend, the weekend of the full moon. Uh, bass fishing. This was a bass fishing report. And he uh, they absolutely smoked him, man. They caught 20, I think he had 25 bass they caught last week. Um, and man, out of Lake Martin, they had a, they had a fish come out of there last week, guys, that was over 10 pounds. So I've never personally fished Lake Martin. I know it's a big, uh, you know, re recreational area. It's not a big area. It's just a big recreational area. Um, but they actually have kayak ramps that a lot of people go out there and do some kayak and a lot of photography taken out there, but also a lot of fishing and also duck hunting in, in waterfowl season. So you know, if you're in the Lafayette area, you may want to look into Lake Martin. Um, the report that I got, uh, you know, from him was that it was a lot of flipping. Um, the fish were on the trees. He also made a trip yesterday, went back, didn't catch as many numbers yesterday, but also uh, caught some, some good quality fish yesterday. Um, he had a couple of fours uh, that, he, that he hooked on to, and he said, he told me, he said, Jay, he said, I had one I hooked into right at daybreak, he said, uh, flipping on a cypress tree. That he said I couldn't turn it. it, it broke off and came off on him. But uh, he lost a he lost a stud yesterday. So really good reports coming out of Lake Morton for those of you who are in that area. You fish that area, or you thinking about fishing it? Um, flipping is the key right now. That's what you want to do. Um, he told me he said watermelon red, um, you know, black neon with the red flake in it. Any kind of red combination on a soft plastic seems to be the ticket in Lake Morton right now. So you may want to try that, guys. Um, also got another really good report from uh, a lake that I grew up on right around in Evangeline Parish uh, this time of year. It always seems to be really solid. Miller's Lake out in uh, out the outskirts of Ville Platte, Louisiana, where I grew up at, um, which is located in the heart of Evangeline Parish, guys, not too far from Ville Platte and not too far from uh, Tom's Fried Chicken in Bayou Chico, Louisiana, which is my mom and dad's restaurant. Um, so if you take a trip, guys, down to Chico Lake or you take a trip down to uh, down to Miller's Lake, trust me when I tell you, if you guys are hungry when you get off the water, look up Tom's Fried Chicken on your Google, get directions. It's not too far from either one of those lakes. Head on down to Tom's Fried Chicken, get you a Swamp Burger. Um, if you're into burgers, get you a Swamp Burger. You will not be disappointed. That's a burger I actually created myself. And my dad sells the absolute shit out of those things uh, down at his restaurant in Baishiko over at Tom's Fried Chicken. So uh, don't say I didn't tell you guys. If you're looking for some good grub, head on down to Tom's Fried Chicken. I promise you my mom and dad will take care of you. Uh, tell them you heard about us on our podcast episode. Maybe they'll hook you guys up with a little lanyap, a little extra, as we like to say here in Louisiana. So 
But uh, but yeah, Miller's Lake, located not too far from there, from uh, the restaurant guys, has been on fire uh, since waterfowl season opened. You know, Miller's Lake's one of those areas. It's a it's well known for waterfowl hunting. It's a private privately owned waterfowl lease. Um, you know, a lot of the locals from Evangelical Parish are members there. And it's off limits to fishermen during uh, duck season. You know, so you can't, you can't fish it during duck season. But once duck season ends and it's in the east zone, you know, um, you know, once it ends, it is game on as far as the fishing goes. A very shallow tributary. Um, you know, it's surrounded by ag fields and, you know, not a whole lot of deep water. You got to be careful where you run. But, you know, you could figure it out if you guys go for it. You had never been before. It's not real hard to figure it out. But uh, the fishing has been on fire at Miller's Lake. They had a couple of tournaments go out of there over the last few weeks, put together some big stringers, 15 pounds, 18 pounds. Uh, and they seem to be kind of climbing right now to weights over there on those uh, those tournaments that are being held, you know, in that area. But also got a really good report on the uh, on the Sackley and the Chickapin. Um, guys, if you into pan fishing, you're going to want to make a trip down to Miller's Lake this spring. I can promise you, um, if you into big brim, you into big chickapin fishing, that's the place to go in Evangeline Parish. If you in that area, hit up Miller's Lake and you will put together some of the biggest bull brim and chickapin stringers that you will ever catch. I promise you, uh, for a, especially for a landlocked reservoir, that's not real big, like your Toledo Bend or something like that. Uh, Miller's Lake guys, they have a landing there. You could pay your launch fee. You could get your bait, whatever you need. You could get it there. Uh, or, you know, if you're not sure if they have it, bring it with you, you know, make sure you're good to go when you get there, but, uh, really good reports coming out of there. Um, so that's another good area in the, uh, you know, the Western or central Western portion of the state <clears throat> spring by you another, another good area right now, Marksville, Louisiana, you guys. Uh, spring Bayou, the fishing has been really hot in Spring Bayou. They're catching Sackley right now in the uh, in the runs on the cypress trees, a uh, foot and a half under the, under a cork, uh, tube jigs. If you're in the shiner fishing, they're catching them on shiners. It kind of really doesn't matter right now. It doesn't seem like they at the beginning stages of the spawn right now. And uh, one of my good buddies, he's Sackley fishing over there. He gave me a report. He said, man, it is on and it's about to bust wide open right now. Um, this full moon kind of turned them on, but they had the beginning of the spawn in Marksville. So if you're in the central part of the state, guys, and you're looking for a place to uh, to go and catch some fish, uh, Spring Bayou Wildlife Management Area may be a good place to uh, to take a look at. Those of you who are interested, if anybody's interested in going to Spring Bayou and you're looking for overnight accommodations, guys, shoot us a message on our social media page. I have a good buddy of mine who's up at Spring Bayou right outside the gates of the management area. Uh, he has a couple of nice campers that he rents out and uh, very affordable. They can accommodate a couple of people if you have a small family. He can keep you overnight. You have a place to clean your fish. You're right next to the uh, entrance of the, uh, of the wildlife management area where the boat ramps are. And uh, just a top-notch guy. You have covered parking for your boat if you need to overnight. Fish cleaning station, you can get out of the rain if it starts to rain. Uh, just a nice accommodation. We use him during hunting season when we make a trip down uh, or up to Marksville, Louisiana. Um, so I can get you guys hooked up with my buddy David over there. So just let me know. Shoot me a message in the uh, social media page or our Facebook page. I'll fill you guys in and get you in touch with him and uh, get you straightened out and get you set up. So 
Um, you know, going across up north Louisiana, Toledo Bend guys are starting to get into it, into, you know, a lot of stringers, a lot of tournaments are kicking off every weekend on Toledo Bend right now. Um, big, big fish are being caught. My buddy Zach Gagnard over at Elite Guide Service, every day he is posting pictures on social media about big fish they're catching. Um, they're going shallow. They're catching them shallow. So now's the time. If you're a shallow water fisherman, guys, you need to start making those plans to get up to Toledo Bend. Um, Carolina rigging, 10 foot of water. Some big fish were caught this week on Carolina rigs with a baby brush hog on the end of it. Um, they're catching them on wacky worms, on sinkos, wherever you can find grass up on the shallower flats. Start trying that, pinpointing those areas, and you're going to start finding those big bass guys. Flipping jigs, that's also a big thing that I got to report on on Toledo Bend. Flipping jigs up on cover. Um, you know, like your 3 8 ounce, your half ounce, you don't necessarily have to go deep with a football head jig. Shallow water flipping jigs, uh, right now they're starting to eat them up. Uh, green pumpkin and purple is, is a color that I got a little bit of insight on that did did really well in the tournament up there. I'm not going to say who caught it or exactly where it was caught, but I will tell you guys, uh, green pumpkin and purple. So, you know, that's that's a little tip. If you guys like jig fishing, you headed to Toledo Bend, that's something that uh, a pretty big string in that one tournament up there uh, might or, or let me say may or may not have, but probably caught uh, all their fish on so hopefully that'll help you guys uh, so purple green pumpkin i would highly suggest picking up some and uh and fishing that if you're a big jig fisherman on toledo bend guys so hopefully guys these reports will help you out we uh we get that information that's all up to the uh up to you know our current information uh that's fairly up to up to uh you know up to date as far as uh in the last couple of days so if you guys are booking trips or you're looking for places to go, go check it out. It is, uh, it's got, it's got a lot of good fishing going on right now across the state and, uh, and just get out there, man, get out there and enjoy it. We, uh, we don't have to renew those fishing licenses until June. So we still got a little bit of time. Um, I think this weekend with us having a great week of warm weather this week, guys, it's going to be another good weekend. If we can keep the rain out of the forecast. Um, it's going to be a really good weekend for getting out there and catching some more big bags of fish, more boxes of panfish. Um, the Chaffalaya Basin, hell, it's sitting good right now. I know it was on a slight rise over the last week or so, but uh, it was still sitting at three foot, three foot, three and a half foot. Uh, so all good there typically when it's at that water level right now. So, man, you got a lot of options as far as places to go right now. So get out there, enjoy it. I hope you know, you guys tuning into the show, um, we helped you out this week. We're able to share some information with you that'll make your trip successful. And I just really appreciate it. As always, you guys tuning in. We cannot do it without uh, our great supporters that support the show. We talked about a couple of them, guys. Benoit Performance Base, my boy Blake, uh, Chris Thornton over at Cajun Tackle House, Patrick Erkfitz over at Beaver Creek Game Calls, man. Patrick is awesome as far as custom building you a duck call a turkey call a deer grunt call whatever you need turkey season's right around the corner it's that time of year you may be looking for a custom made turkey call check them out check out patrick Erkfitz over at beaver creek game calls he'll make what you need he'll ship it out to you very quickly and very affordable for a custom handcrafted call um, you know we talk about anchor.fm they support us here on our podcast platform 
They are the driving force behind getting our podcast out to all the platforms that you guys listen to, such as Spotify, Google, Apple, all the you know platforms. We could not do it without Anchor.fm, so we want to thank Anchor.fm as well. Wrap it up, Cajun Customs. I didn't talk about them on this show, guys, but I have been posting pictures on our social media page. My buddy Romeo Mamalo over at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs. If you guys haven't checked him out yet and you're a hunter and an outdoorsman that wants to protect your firearms for the longevity of the life of that firearm, go check out what Romeo could do for you at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs. Phenomenal work. He could custom vinyl wrap your shotgun, AR, handgun, rifle, whatever it is. He could do it. It's mossy oak, real tree patterns, and he has other patterns he could do for you guys if you're not into camo. Very affordable, much less expensive than hydro dipping, and just as durable, lasts just as long. You will not be disappointed. Go check out the photos on his social media page of the jobs he's been doing. I can tell you he has been extremely busy. A lot of guys have been you know, hearing about him and seeing the work that he does. And they are jumping on it now in the offseason instead of waiting until right before hunting season when there's a big push of guys that want to do it. You might have longer wait times at that time of year. So, anyway, check them out. Romeo Mamalo over at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs, guys. Well, guys, that's all we have for this week's show. As always, like I said, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you guys will share the show with your friends. Share us on social media. Visit us on social media on our Facebook page, Instagram, our YouTube channel. We're constantly putting videos up on our YouTube channel. Check that out. I hope I think and hope you guys will enjoy them. But until next time, this is all the time we have for this week, guys. So we will have to talk again soon on the next episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Y'all take care.